Give me your name, give me your address, I'll pull up, I'll fight you. Give me your social security number and your card number, and then you can cancel me as much as you want. If your mom's credit card number was your age, how old would you be? I would be, um, I'm trying to make up a number that sounds like a credit card number. 32, 32, 32, 32. Space for years old. Hello, and welcome back to Mediocrities, an OK Classics podcast. I'm Phoebe. I'm Katie. I'm Micah. And we are your super cool and fun hosts. Um, quick disclaimer for before we start. So we are recording a little bit earlier than we usually do, as in I finished writing the script 20 minutes ago, um, so I haven't really had that much time to check it over. Just um, We had to record tonight just because of scheduling issues, and we usually record on the weekend. It's Wednesday night right now, uh, but we usually record on the weekend, but scheduling issues this weekend, so we couldn't, so we're recording now. Um, so I don't remember what's in this episode, but uh, hopefully it's good. Um, so in case you're new, you should totally go listen to our other episodes because they slap, but in case you want to listen to this one first, the premise of this podcast is that I, Phoebe, explain a classics-related topic to Katie and Micah, and we chat about it. Um, disclaimer, I am an aspiring classicist, but I am not actually a classicist, so I totally may mess up on some things. If you catch me making a goof, then let me know, and I will correct it in a future episode. So, Katie and Micah, how have you guys been doing? Great. I've been doing. Me and Katie, um, this is my ASMR voice. Um, so, me and Katie have, we're actually talking about this um, earlier, and we are both doing very good and happy and having such a great time. And the reason for this is that we go on um, walks to boost um, our methodic adrenaline levels um every day and um we are also practicing zen coloring i think was the gist of that conversation pretty much yeah are you gonna put this in the episode i'm not sure yet uh i have homecoming this weekend so that's fun that's fun um This weekend, I plan to go on two four-hour walks to calm my nerves and do some more ASMR um, with bubble wrap. Okay, so Phoebe, why don't you tell us about some, some, I almost said some podcasts, some classics. Oh, yes. So for this lovely episode... Our topic is going to be Hades and Persephone, which I am very nervous to cover because it's one of the most debated topics out there. If you don't already know why, we will get into that later. But uh, really quick, this episode is going to talk about rape and kidnapping a lot, so if that is triggering for you, feel free to skip this episode. We'll put it in the description, but I'm saying it now just in case. I don't think Hades is a good person, obviously, because he's a Greek god, but, like, I respect his aesthetic, I gotta say. Um, yeah, valid. Um, first, who 
are Persephone and Hades? This is a rhetorical question that to explain who they are. Um, we've talked about Hades a bit before on here in episode one, so we will start with him. Hades is one of the Olympian gods, um, child of Kronos and Rhea. He was swallowed by Kronos when he was born and vomited back up when his brother Zeus came to save them. They fought a war against Kronos and the Titans, a war which Zeus and his siblings, including Hades, won. After that, the three big men of the family, Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades, drew lots for which realm they would rule over. Zeus drew the sky, Poseidon drew the sea, and Hades drew the underworld. This is one of those things I completely thought was, like, just Percy Jackson lore, but I looked it up, and no, it is actual mythology. Um, so, Hades is the god of the underworld, not the god of death. People mix it up a lot, but Thanatos was the actual death guy. Hades just rules the place people go when they die. Questions, comments, concerns? It's kind of dumb to have the part of, like, the world that you rule over for all of eternity determined by pulling straws. I don't know if they drew straws. It said they drew lots, which I don't know, maybe they, like, drew pictures. I thought they were the same thing. I don't know. I think it can be, like, different things, but, like, the most common one is straws. I don't know. Don't cite me on this. I don't know anything. It would be so funny if it was like, pick a card, any card. Also, you're a god. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think that's a great way to decide what place you're going to rule forever. Just like drawing straws, because otherwise you're going to fight on it. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised they didn't fight on it after. Like, no, you guys, like, I wasn't ready or you peaked. You know, like, I feels like that feels like something that would happen. Yeah, because if it was, like, rock, paper, scissors or something, they would all accuse each other of cheating. Exactly. Most unrealistic part of Greek mythology is not the not very sibling-like behavior. Also, the fact that no one tried to, like, steal someone's place, like, just goes into the ocean. Get out of my room! Good. Yes. Although, I guess getting married to your sibling is also unsibling-like behavior, so who knows? Well, yeah. You can't argue with that. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe if they're working by, like, the mortal instruments, Cassandra Clare canon, then I think marrying your sibling is perfectly normal, but, uh. That's so funny, because I was literally just going to make that joke. Like, I was thinking, I was, you know, I have Latin class, and we were learning about, like, we were reading this, like, myth thing, and I was talking about, you know, when Kronos and Rhea got married, and I was like, Cassandra Clare would love this. So we're on the same brain length, brain wavelength. Yes. I have no idea what Mortal Instruments is, but Cassandra Clare wrote Harry Potter fan fiction. Yes. Um, the Mortal Instruments is a young adult book series by Cassandra Clare that is actually based the title of Mortal Instruments is based off of one of her Harry Potter fic- fan fictions that I think was actually Ron X Ginny fan fiction um and one of the main plot points of the Mortal Instruments series spo- spoilers if you are listening to this podcast and care about spoilers for the Mortal Instruments series which I think is a very small if existent demographic um but so the main love story is between Clary and Jace, and for a large majority of 
the series, Clary and Jace think that they are siblings. And they make out multiple times while thinking that they are siblings. Just and like then, in Greek mythology. And then after that, um, Clary's actual biological brother, Sebastian, is also in love with her. She doesn't love him back, but he is in love with her. Or No, like he does actually. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, on to Persephone. So her parents are Zeus and Demeter, which I'm just now remembering we actually did talk about last episode. Um, but yeah, she is their kid. That's actually like all we can say on her until we get into the meat of the episode. The majority of this story is found in the Homeric Hymn to Demeter, which is a pretty cool text and you should totally go check it out. So basically, our girl Persephone is chilling around in the fields, picking some flowers or whatever. Hades sees her and, like, falls in love with her or something. So he goes to ask Zeus for permission to marry her. Keep in mind, this is ancient Greece, and for the entire ancient Greece and, like, a while after that, that was how marriage worked. The prospective groom asked for the dad's permission. Some people still do it today, even though it's more of a formality now. So Zeus said yes, which for all intents and purposes makes them married. Um, Persephone was now considered to be Hades' property because that's how it works, which makes what's about to happen technically okay in ancient Greece. So Persephone is picking flowers in the fields again, and Hades kidnaps her and takes her to the underworld. It's made very clear in like every ancient source that Persephone super did not want to go down there, so that isn't really a question. However, some people refer to this event as a rape. This is always a very tricky subject to ha handle because the ancient Greeks had very co different conceptions of things like rape. To my understanding, I don't know the language, so I can't confirm or deny, but the words for abduction and rape were very similar, so it's often hard to tell which is which. And even them, it probably, unfortunately, wouldn't have been considered morally wrong since she is technically Hades' wife. We just don't know if he actually raped her or if he just kidnapped her, but it's very likely that he did. There's this absolutely beautiful and seconding statue called the Rape of Proserpina, um, Persephone's Roman name. It was made by Italian artist Gian Lorenzo Bernini, and it depicts Hades grabbing Persephone to take her down to the underworld. All of you listening at home should look it up. Um, it's really well made. Um, and so, obviously, there's the kidnapping thing. So, in parts of ancient Greece, there was a tradition where the husbands would kidnap their prospective brides. I don't know the details about this, but it goes to show that the ancient Greeks wouldn't have thought Persephone's kidnapping anything particularly off-putting, since it was something that they sort of practiced themselves. Um, questions, comments, concerns about that? I don't respect Hades anymore. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Fair enough, yeah. Um, I was gonna make, like, originally a joke about, like, why is Persephone just spending a whole bunch of time picking flowers? Where does she put them? What does she do with them? And why does she think this is fun? But, um, that, yeah, was probably not the purpose of that segment. I mean. Um, well, maybe you just need to spend more time picking flowers. 
I pick flowers in Minecraft all the time, Micah. Are you telling me to touch grass? You know what? Now I am. I wasn't going to originally, but now I am. I think um, picking flowers, this is my ASMR voice again, picking flowers can actually be um, a really helpful tool for lowering, lowering your adrenaline levels to normal healthy amounts. Um, so what you do is you pick the flowers and then you put the flowers in your mouth. Um, I hope this helps. What if I just f***ing like flowers, Phoebe? So, um, in this podcast, we talk a lot about history, but what you guys listening may not know is we're actually going through a historical event right now. You are witnessing in real time Phoebe losing all of her marbles. Um, they're pretty much gone. You can just watch her decline. It's great. So studies show that actually having a marble collection can be bad for your um, inner zen because it's all those tiny little marbles rolling around and you can step on them and slip and fall down. Anyway, anyway can, what was that? Oh, I was going to say something. Oh, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Jeez. Oh, yes. It was, what are you? <laughs> Eating my microphone. I was going to say, oh, yeah. Um, so something we talk about in history class a lot is, I know that makes me sound like a nerd. Also, for the record, I haven't played Minecraft in years. Anyway, so something we talk about in history class a lot is how much um, leeway we should give to people's problematic actions based on historical context. And I tend to be the kind of person who thinks, like, not a lot because morals still kind of did exist back then but what do you guys think like since clearly like kidnapping was phoebe said like not very like unusual for people who were married like so do you think we should give hades any leeway due to the historical context we're gonna talk more about that in a bit so do you want to put like a big pin in that for now and then cycle back to it in like when we get to the part of the episode that I scripted that talks about it. Yeah. Awesome. I'm psychic. Ooh. Art. Yeah. I've, I've always been very good at predicting things. How many fingers am I holding up? Like 20. Shit, how'd you know? <laughs> I guess you really are psychic. <laughs> Studies show that being psychic can actually be really bad for um, your stress levels. And um, I've never been calm in my entire life, you know this. Because you don't eat enough flowers. (laughs) Okay, so back to the world where the sun shines. Demeter, Persephone's mom, has noticed that her daughter is missing. She, understandably, is not party rocking in the house tonight. She searches high and low, up and down, left and right, diagonal and opposite diagonal, scouring the earth for her missing daughter. No luck. But she does manage to stumble across the town of Eleusis. Disguised as an old beggar, she meets King Celius. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. King Celius and Queen Metanyra. They invite her back to their home so she can nurse their son Demophoon. She accepts. 
So she goes back to the palace where she meets cute little baby boy Gemafoon. And she goes, aw, what a cute little baby boy. Shame that he's going to die someday. <gasps> Wait a minute. Demeter has an idea. She decides to make Demophoon immortal. <laughs> the way she does this is by feeding him nectar and ambrosia, special god food. Um, what a great idea, right? But there is one more part. In order to make cute little baby boy Demophoon immortal, she has to hold him over the fireplace for a bit to burn his mortal parts away. No biggie, right? He'll be immortal afterwards, so it's totally chill. Except for one thing. While she's marshmallowing the boy, his mother, Metanira, run rushes in. Now, I don't know if you personally have ever seen your baby's nurse holding your baby over the fire. I have not. But I imagine one would be fairly upset by this. I imagine correctly, because Metanira in ends up interrupting the ritual. Now, we all know this was a stupid f***ing move, but she doesn't. All she knows is a crazy old lady is holding her cute little baby boy over the fire. And the problem with this is that he's, now he's not immortal. I'm going to leave it up in, to interpretation what happens to the cute little baby boy next, because while some sources say he survived and was just mortal, some sources do say that he died. So, yikes. Um, but Demeter is like, O.M. me. You guys suck. I was trying to make him immortal to fill the hole my missing daughter has left in my heart. And the family is like, fuck. They ask what they can do to make up for this big old oopsie. And Demeter is like, establish a religion based after me. Which is honestly fair. Like, a religion based after you is a pretty nifty thing to have. There are, the, there are those times in myths or stories where someone's like, I'll give you whatever you want, and the person requests something absolutely dog shit, like a new dress or something, and you're like, really? This is the best you could come up with? But this one actually slaps. The religion that ends up being started is called the Eleusinian Mystery Cult, which was not quite as cool as it sounds. Don't get me wrong, it's still really cool, just in a different way, which we will explore in another episode, um, a more history-oriented one, because this is an actual real thing that existed. So, questions, comments, concerns? Concerns. All of them. That was so much information. Okay, so, as we all know, like, I write, so, no, we don't all know this, why would I say that? I guess I expected, like, the brain-to-brain -brain communication to work. Um, I write stuff down in my notes app, so... My most concern is at the bottom, but first of all, I like how the gods always travel as, like, old beggars, but, like, that couldn't be me. If I could, like, transform into people, I'd transform into, like, the hottest bitch you've ever seen in your life. Um, anyway, my other comment was that I, what was his name, Demophoon? I can Demophoon because people look at me and they go, what a cute little baby boy. And finally, um, I love the fact that possibly in some interpretations she killed the baby she burned the baby alive and then she insists they make a religion after her that does not seem like a fair trade-off hey guys i burned your baby but i was actually trying to be nice so make a fucking cult after me like what if she was just lying did she even give any proof she was trying to make him immortal uh, i think well i think she like revealed herself as the goddess demeter so like even if the goddess Demeter, like, just straight up burned your baby and she was like, hey, make a cult after me, you can't exactly say no. 
Hashtag girl boss move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Go queen. So Demeter still does not have her daughter Persephone. No one knows where she is, and those who do know will not tell her. So she does what cool kids do when they don't get what they want, and she throws a tantrum. When you're the goddess of agriculture, well, there are a lot of ways to make people feel your wrath. So Demeter makes all the crops stop growing. She makes the trees bare. Not a fun- not exactly a funky fresh time if you're a human who needs those things to survive. And if you're a dead human, you can't make sacrifices to the gods. So Zeus is not happy with this arrangement. So he comes around and he's like, okay, what do you want? Please just make the crops grow again. And Demeter's like, I want my daughter back, you son of a bitch, like in The Princess Bride. Um, so Zeus is like, uh, fine, you're no fun to play hide the daughter and seek with. Persephone is with her husband, Hades, in the underworld. And Demeter's like, well, bring her back? Zeus is like, okay, fine. So he sends a messenger down to the underworld. It's like, Hades, look, buddy. I know we have this whole marriage agreement thing, but Demeter is pretty pissed, and I think she's gonna, like, let the earth be barren forever or whatever unless we give her her daughter back. Um, so Hades is like, hey, Persephone, wifey, you're free to leave. Just one thing, you didn't happen to eat any food while you were down here, hmm? And Persephone is like, fuck because our girl persephone ate six pomegranate seeds while she was down here and the way it works is that if you eat underworld food you gotta stay in the underworld but zeus already promised demeter her daughter back so like on one side demeter is yelling at him that like you dipshit you promised you'd give her back i'm gonna let her the humans starve to death and on the other hand hades is like come on you promised i could marry her and she ate my food so she has to stay. So the compromise that's eventually reached is that for six months of the year, when for every pomegranate seed Persephone ate, she has to stay in the underworld. But for the rest of the year, she gets to go live in normal people world with her mommy. And whenever she's in the underworld, Demeter gets really sad and makes it all cold and barren and nothing grows. So this myth actually serves as an etiology for the seasons. Etiology is just a fancy word for an origin story, so this myth explains why the seasons happen. And the winters, when Persephone is in the underworld, Demeter gets so sad that all the plants stop growing. Questions, comments, concerns. Yes. Okay. Like, how did she eat six pomegranate seeds? Like, I don't know if you've ever seen a pomegranate, but they're, like, full of seeds. And it seemed like Demeter was looking for her a long time. Why'd she only eat six and then just, like, stop? I think gods probably don't really need that much food. But, um, like, I get what you're saying also because pomegranates are delicious. And, like, if you put me in a place where I have access to pomegranate seeds, um, I will just eat them all and then you will have no more pomegranate seeds because I will have eaten them. Literally, it's just so weird. She's like, one, two, three, four, and then that's it? Like, just finish the whole thing. Um, Micah, any notes, questions, comments, concerns? I agree with Katie. Pomegranates are really good, and she should have eaten, like, a million of them. Also, winter is my favorite season, so that would have been cool. I hate the winter. 
because you can't wear shorts in the winter and I like wearing shorts I also hate the winter I (gasps) yeah yeah I said it fuck the winter I I hope you both explode I'll explode right on you out of spite fuck no I'm not gonna finish that joke anyway continue okay let's get back to the podcast now shall we you sound like you're gonna go eat more flowers I was going to say, you sound like you're going to kidnap us at the end of the podcast. Um, Studies show that kidnapping two people a week actually helps reduce your stress levels. All right, so let's return to the episode now, shall we? Okay, so now we are going to get into the controversy. So... We all know that kidnapping is bad, right? We get that? Give me a thumbs up if you get that kidnapping is bad. Awesome. Um, they all gave thumbs up for those of you who can't see, which is everyone who's listening. <laughs> but the thing is, like we've covered, the ancient Greeks didn't really have those standards. So to them, it was perfectly fine. And honestly, after the kidnapping, Hades and Persephone had what seemed to be a pretty healthy marriage. I mean, he only, like, cheated on her once, which is pretty much record-breaking. And we all know the internet. We have all been on this interesting place called the internet. The internet really loves relationships that are, like, dark and brooding man falls in love with sweet, happy girl. And that's essentially what Hades and Persephone is. So when people on the internet found the myth they were like oh my god hashtag i love this hashtag otp but obviously as we've established kidnapping is bad so they had to figure out a way to produce content for this couple without feeling like they're bad people who endorse kidnapping for doing so now i don't know if what i'm about to bring up is the cause of this or one of the effects but it's impossible to bring up the internet culture surrounding hades and persephone without bringing up lore olympus so Lore Olympus is a webcomic created by Rachel Smythe, I think that's how you pronounce her name, Um, and it is a modern retelling of the Hades and Persephone myth. The webcomic portrays their relationship in a more positive light. It became insanely popular and has inspired many other Hades and Persephone retellings, such as the other webcomic Punderworld. So, confession, I haven't actually read Lore Olympus, or at least I hadn't when I started writing the episode. As of now, I have read the first 10 episodes of it, partially because I have literally no free time ever at all, and partially because I honestly didn't think it was that good. People have said it gets better later on, which I'm willing to believe, but the beginning didn't draw me in, and like I mentioned, I'm always busy all the time. So, but we're not here to talk about the quality of the webcomic. We are here to talk about the nature of adapting the Hades and Persephone myth itself. Before I get into my opinion, I would like to hear what you guys think first. As someone who has read Lore Olympus, and like a good amount of it, I read it in like one day at the beginning of quarantine. It kind of sucks. Um, And it's not mythologically accurate or whatever, but like a lot of people don't really care about that. But it's supposed to be a retelling of a myth, not just... Ooh, look at what I'm doing with these Greek god characters. Also, in it, Persephone's like a 19-year-old, and Hades is like 
a 2000 year old and it's like super romanticized and that's weird as shit yeah um you know obviously i haven't read it so i can't judge the comic but i feel like the age gap is meant to be less weird since they're gods but like you know still a little weird though yeah age gaps are like in fiction are like such an interesting thing because like I was just thinking of Twilight like the fact how she's a high schooler and he's like 90 but like technically 17 um okay so anyway my thoughts like on myth retellings I feel like in theory like I feel like people should be able to retell myths and adapt them to be like less problematic like I think that'd be a cool thing um also though like it is possible to just like write your own characters with a similar kind of dynamic without like associating it with the myth like that really wouldn't be that hard I agree with that I I am a proud Laura Olympus disliker just because it really rubs me the wrong way valid um those are all great points and this is a super complicated issue that i can honestly see both sides of because on one hand yeah this was technically acceptable acceptable by ancient standards and so i can totally get how people would want to rewrite it to be acceptable by acceptable by modern standards but on the other hand it can feel like these rewriters are just sweeping the kidnapping part of the myth under the rug and trying to sanitize these stories that are not clean at all and like there's another issue with people seeing these stories that are so devoid from the myth and taking them as actual educational sources about mythology. There's not really any fix for that except for getting people to do a Google or maybe listen to a podcast about mythology and classics. Maybe an okay podcast. But yeah, I also, like, personally could not, don't really care about, like, retellings being mythologically accurate. There's, I feel, but, however, there is a difference between um, being, like, not liking it because it's not mythologically accurate and not liking it because it's a bad adaptation. Like... There's stuff that's not technically mythologically accurate, but, like, good adaptations. Um, And then there's stuff that is also not technically mythologically accurate, but is bad adaptations. Um, And so the example I'm thinking of right now, I have to Google it to make sure I am a second. What the f*** are you two singing? Uma Thurman by Fall Out Boy. Yeah. Oh! Alright, okay. Awesome. D- uh, um. So, 
the an example of something that's not super faithful to the original myth, but I still find is a really good adaptation, is um, Natalie Haynes's The Children of Jocasta. Um, it's a retelling of the Oedipus story from um, their Oedipus and Jocasta's daughter is is Minnie's point of view. Um, a very good book. Um, I find in my personal humble super cool awesome opinion is that um book retellings are usually better than other retellings but that's also just because I like reading a lot um oh oh my god I thought of this like right when you started talking about retellings and then it totally floated out of my stupid dumb idiot moron brain Hades Town the Musical yes wanted to bring that up i think hades town the musical is a great adaptation of well it's of the myth of like orpheus orpheus and eurydice yeah but there is also um hades and persephone in there and i think one of the reasons it's a really good adaptation is because like it's just um like less of a kidnapping and more of a marriage because like it was marriage back then however just like Persephone didn't really want to be like in the marriage then there's still like some marriage problems going on now I could have phrased that a lot more eloquently but basically it keeps the marriage aspect but it also shows how some parts of marriage are can be problematic at times and can be difficult at times also the music is great yeah no Hades Town slaps um I personally have complicated feelings about lore olympus and similar similar retellings because on one hand i don't like condemning pieces of classical reception especially ones that make classics so much more accessible to the general public um it's not accurate information sure but a love for it might inspire people to do actual research into the classics and that will always be a good thing but on the other hand i've done one hand on the other hand comparisons like three times today but i don't know how else to phrase it um On the other hand, Hades and Persephone did not have a healthy, consensual marriage. Rewrites where they did can be harmful and come off as romanticizing abuse, no matter the intent. There's also the matter of the fact that I haven't read much of the comics myself, so this is all just generalizations about the nature of retellings. Um, All in all, I am not here to tell people what they can and cannot consume. If you love Lore Olympus, enjoy! If you hate it with every bone in your body, you're well worth in your rights to do that. I just feel like this is a topic that needs so much nuance and definitely needs to be between more people than three teenagers with a podcast. Any final questions, comments, or concerns? Micah. What I was saying about Laura Olympus. I may hate Laura Olympus. It's fine if you like Laura Olympus. I won't attack you for liking Laura Olympus. Just use your brain about it. Um, That's all I ask. I will attack you, but it has nothing to do with whether or not you like Laura Olympus. Um, I'm just trying to meditate in a way that's best for me. I was just going to make that joke. We are literally on the same wing. So, anyways... I hope you liked this ASMR episode. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or have a topic for an episode you want to suggest, please email them to us at mediocritiespod at gmail.com.
or find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr at Mediocrities Pod or on Twitter at Pod Mediocrities because some other podcasts got to Mediocrities Pod first. As always, take care and make your stress levels low. Yeah. Wait, is the episode over? Yeah, it's over.